This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today, we're talking about celebration and praise. And there are three forms of it that I really want to mention. First, there's a celebration that comes after you have accomplished something important or something great. The accomplishment is completed, and then you celebrate. And sometimes those accomplishments are big things. And what I would say is make sure that you celebrate small wins and accomplishments along the way. People really like to have a sense of reinforcement and some positive feedback as they go along. So that's number one, accomplishments are completed. Number two, celebrate in the middle of finishing accomplishments. You might want to set some milestones. Maybe it's not the end of the road, your final full goal or objective. However, there are steps along the way stop and celebrate some of those steps. It reminds me, in fact, when David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant finally back to Jerusalem and he was doing it in the correct way, they stopped every so often and they praised God and they thanked God for bringing them safely into Jerusalem, even though they weren't back yet, but on the way they were celebrating. So that's the second type of celebration is doing it in the middle of the accomplishment. And then I want to spend a lot more time today on the third version of celebration, which is at the beginning of an accomplishment. You haven't accomplished it yet. It's a task that's very daunting. It's something that's quite difficult. And with your own strength, you would not be able to complete the task. So this is one of those God-sized tasks that requires God's intervention. We do know that Jesus, the Messiah, was from the tribe of Judah, and Judah means praise. And so there had become a pattern of sending the praisers out at the beginning of the battle, and before the battle, they were thanking God in advance. They were celebrating the vision, the victory ahead of time. And this creates a lot of momentum. You have to have a lot of faith a lot of trust in God, to thank him in advance, to acknowledge that what he's already promised and what he's already said, that in fact, he will do on your behalf. So you can celebrate now because it is happening. It is coming to fruition. I'm thinking back to Leah, uh, Jacob's first wife, and she was the wife that was the unloved wife. He had worked many, many years for her sister, Rachel, and of course, he got Leah first. And I'm thinking about what Leah was saying every time she had a son. So when she had her first son, Reuben, she talked to God about her affliction because she was an unloved wife. And she hoped that maybe having this son would turn her husband's heart in her direction. Then she had Simeon, and she said, maybe Maybe now my husband will love me. And then she had Levi. I've given him three sons. 
Maybe now my husband will love me. So all along the while, these first three sons, she's concerned about her husband loving her. Then she had Judah, the fourth son. And instead of concerning herself about whether her husband loved her or not, she says, now I will praise the Lord. Now I will praise the Lord. And the Bible says in Genesis 29, 35, at that time, she stopped bearing children. So what I want to review today is Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter. And this is the story of King Jehoshaphat of Judah. And he was facing dangers from enemies all around. He had dangers from Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. And this big crowd of people, they were coming to fight against him. And so he was quite frightened and he was very afraid. So he sought the Lord's guidance and he appeared before the Lord to talk to him and to ask God for some help. And he says a number of things, and I'd just like to mention a few of the things that he says. Are you not God in heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms and the nations? So he's acknowledging who God is, that God is sovereign over everything, that God is in heaven. He rules over kingdoms and nations. And he says, and in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? He says, we will cry out to you in our affliction and from your temple, and you will hear and save. So imagine he's talking about who God is, what God is capable of. He's frightened because of the circumstances that he faces. And yet he knows that if he cries out to God from his temple, that God will hear and that God will save. Now, what's interesting about this battle that they were facing is earlier in Israel's history, as they were going through the wilderness years, they wanted to really do some damage to Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. And God told them, no, leave them alone. Don't fight these people. Don't do anything to attempt to take them out. And so now that these people have survived, they're coming unprovoked to take out Judah. And so it, what kind of thanks is that to God for sparing your life years before? And so King Jehoshaphat is talking to God about all of these things. So in Judah, not only was it the king who was standing before the Lord, ultimately, it was everyone, including women and including children. And they were praying to God. They were crying out to God. And then the spirit of the Lord came upon a man named Jehaziel. He was the son of Zechariah and various others till you finally get to the Levite who of the sons of Asaph. And if you might recall, these were some of the singing Levites. And so he told them, he said, do not be afraid or dismayed. The battle is not yours, but it's God's. So what was interesting is God sent down specific instruction to them to tell them where the enemy was going to be how to go down to the enemy, and he told them exactly what to do. And he told them, you are not going to need to fight. Just position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. The Lord is with you. So Jehoshaphat and all of Judah, they bowed and they worshiped God. They all stood up and they praised the Lord the God of Israel, with voices loud and high. So 
let me just say this. They weren't timid about their praise. They weren't timid about celebrating, if you will, in advance what the Lord was going to do. It was loud. It was high as if they truly did believe that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. So they rose up early on the day of battle. They headed out and the king, and with some further admonition and encouragement, said to them, believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. So they appointed those to sing to the Lord and praise the beauty of holiness. Now think about that. You're praising the beauty of holiness. You're singing to the Lord. You know what he is capable of and what he's able to do. He hasn't even done it yet. But you are praising the beauty of holiness in advance. So they went before the army saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. That's the praise they said. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And as they sang and as they praised the Lord, God was setting some ambushes against Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. And what ended up happening is, first of all, Ammon and Moab, they killed Mount Seir, and then Ammon and Moab killed each other. And nobody escaped. So when God is doing something, he does it quite thoroughly. There was not a person who escaped. The people of Judah didn't have to kill anyone because the enemies all killed themselves. And after this took place, there was so many spoils of war down there on the battlefield, all kinds of precious jewels and everything else on the bodies of these soldiers. It took them three days to gather all of the valuable spoils from the battlefield. And guess what? On the fourth day, they blessed the Lord in this valley. So they continued praising God. They set aside that fourth day to bless the Lord. And after that, they returned to Jerusalem with joy because the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. So here's what I want to encourage you with. I don't know what you're facing today. It may be a daunting circumstance, something at work that you cannot even imagine that you're going to get through. Maybe there are enemies blocking the way, people who are against you. Perhaps you've heard from the Lord that there's an open door coming and yet it seems as though every door is shut. So here's what I would say. Facing whatever it is that's daunting, Remember, pray to the Lord. Seek his face. Do that first. And as you pray, he will speak back to you. Get his guidance and his direction. Stay there till you get his guidance and direction. And then praise and thank God in faith for whatever it is that he said to you that's coming your way. Praise him in advance. Thank him in advance, in faith. And remember that with God, all things are possible. And what is impossible with man is possible with God. So you want to celebrate and praise him on the front end. And this year, for me, I am really standing on God's promise to be the God of the impossible 
and to do the great things that in my own strength and power, I would not be able to do. And do you think that Judah could have fought Moab, Ammon, and Mount Seir on their own? Of course not. They did not have the manpower. They did not have the strength or the ability. However, when you've got God on your side, you have a majority. When you have God on your side, you have everything that you need. So you can celebrate and praise the Lord on the front end. You can acknowledge the majesty and the beauty of holiness of our God. So as we close today's segment, I'd like to share verses in Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter, and this will be verses 28 through 30. So they came to Jerusalem with stringed instruments and harps and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. So keep in mind, after the victory, you are still praising and thanking God and the people of God with their stringed instruments, harps and trumpets, they were making melody and praise and celebration to the Lord as they went to the house of the Lord. And, you know, as the enemies looked around and saw the great salvation that the Lord had done for them, they were afraid to attack Judah. So Jehoshaphat's realm was quiet, and it says, for his God gave him rest all around. So we know that the Messiah of God is our rest today. He is our Sabbath rest. So rest in him and know that he knows what battles you're facing. He knows what's on your agenda for today. And he will lead you and guide you in the way that you should go. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.